Have you ever wondered why some brands and individuals are able to inspire enormous amounts of action? Why some brands and individuals have a heap more engagement, video views, comments and interaction than others? Or why some brands and people are able to charge two, three, four, or maybe even 10 times the price as other brands and individuals? Well, I think the answer to all three of those in part comes down to trust. And in today's episode, we're going to talk all about the importance of and how you and your practice can go about building trust. I'm Angus Pike and welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Now, hopefully in the coming weeks to months, we're going to see more of our community starting to return to their previous coronavirus lives. They'll be slowly entering back out into the community. And as they do this, I think there'll be a greater level of vulnerability. There'll be a little level of fear that I'm seeing many of my patients have as things slowly start to return back to normal. Now, I don't pretend to know how this will unfold or the time frames that'll unfold, but I do know that it will be unfolding in the coming months. Here's one thing that I'm realizing is that there will be a greater respect and importance and understanding of the need for health. The coronavirus has, as I mentioned beforehand, exposed a level of vulnerability in all of us as, as well. So this means there's an increased level of importance that you and I play as health practitioners for us to be able to guide people back to really where health comes from. And if you listen to this podcast, you probably, like me, tend to think that health comes from our behaviours, how we eat, move, think, our posture, our structure, rather than health coming from a pill or a potion. So I think that you have an incredibly important role in guiding your community back towards greater health. Now, as they start to return, there'll also be a greater level of uncertainty and almost a distrust. Because one of the things that this coronavirus um, has exposed is there's been so many different conversations going around. Is it 5G that's causing it? Is it a conspiracy that's going on? Uh, is coronavirus as bad as what we've been told it is? Now, I don't want to get into any of those here other than what I want to remind you of is that your community through this is a little sore, is a little broken. And so now more than ever is important that you be consciously taking actions that will help to build trust. Okay, so I want to walk you through a little bit of a framework. Now this came out of, I was having a, a chat with uh, Dr. Chris Cameron, a coaching client of mine. He said, how do I go about building more trust in my community? And I took some notes over the weekend. I thought that makes a great podcast episode. So Chris, thank you for inspiring this episode. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the importance of generosity. Now, generosity, when we do it right, as with all of these things, when we do it right, it starts to initiate one of the strongest drives in humanity, and that is reciprocity. Now, generosity, I think we need to be careful about. We've all experienced times when somebody's given us something but they've done it in a way really expecting something in return. When I think about generosity, I think about us serving our community without any expectation of return. Now, here's the wacky thing. When we give without a sense and a need of return, my experience is that's when the greatest return actually comes from us. Many times I'm talking with you guys about creating content. And I had a conversation with a doc recently who created this really great video 
but it was kind of 80% of the way there. He was taking a solution through to some knee pain stuff and I was loving his stuff. And then he just kind of stopped and said, look, if you want to learn the last part of this thing, give the practice a call and I'll take you through it. And I felt really cheated. I felt like he'd, it was a real, uh, there was something almost manipulative, manipulative about it as well. And that actually had the opposite impact that what he was wanting to have. Generosity is us actually helping with regards to health content, is actually helping us have our get our audience, get a result before even needing to come into us. Now, here's the interesting thing, because you might be thinking, man, if I give away all my best stuff before they even need to come and see me, why will they come and see me anyway? The interesting thing is there's always a group of people that will want that one-on-one -on -one care. They will want you to guide them through it. And for many of us, so for instance, me as a chiropractor, there's some things that I can't give away over a video. I can't adjust somebody over a video. The level of care that I might take to give an exercise program that's specifically for you, whilst I can give an outline of that on a video, somebody actually needs to come into my practice for that service. And often I will say something like this at the end of my videos, look, I want you to try these five things. And if they don't work, then there's probably some fine tuning that you might need, in which case it might well be worth you giving the practice a call so I can guide you specifically through that. There are always people that want one-on-one -on -one help. The truth of the matter is with regards to uh, marketing at least or any kind of thing, you can find all the advice out there, free podcasts like this one, do a search on Google. And yet I have a really healthy and bustling group coaching program because people want one-on-one -on -one support. So generosity is one of the important factors that we need to think about when we're wanting to build trust. So I want you to check in and look at the content that you're sharing. Are you holding back? Because if you're holding back, it'll be one of those things that's robbing you with regards to generosity. Thing number two is I think we need to sometimes be a little bit more vulnerable. Now, I'm cautious about saying this as well, but vulnerable is this, particularly when it comes to healthcare. I think one of the biggest misunderstandings that people have when they're starting a new exercise program, a new eating program, a new meditation program, you name it there too, is that they think they need to be perfect from day one and that the journey back towards them expressing more health is a straight one without there being any interruptions and or hurdles. Now, I've never seen this. Um, I've worked with elite athletes, world record holders, gold medalists, uh, leaders of industry. I've worked in experts in all kinds of fields. And what I know is that they have difficult days just like you and I do. And so I go out of my way to share that with my patients, that I have weekends when I binge on chocolate and sometimes drink too much, that I have times when I muck up my meditation and I miss days and sometimes weeks on end. And in sharing that I'm a human being, it makes us a lot more relatable. Sometimes as health practitioners, we go on talking about our gluten-free, organic, keto diets and stuff like that. It's completely unrelatable to the average person in the public. And when we can't be relatable, it's hard for people to join along and be a part of our tribe. So part of that means being vulnerable. Now being vulnerable also has its issues here as well, because sometimes I'm looking through my news feed and all I see is videos of people crying and sharing how difficult their life is and about their relationship breakups and all those kind of things. And there's part of my brain that just kind of sees them as whinging. And I'm, I don't want to come across as some kind of sociopath here or narcissist, but I'm like, why are you sharing all of this here? This is not, this is why you have friends and family. And maybe they don't have those kind of things. 
but I think we need to kind of check our level of vulnerability as, as well. If we're using, in fact, here I think is a good point. If we're using our social media feed to actually get our needs met, then I think we're going about our vulnerability in the wrong way. But I think if we're sharing our vulnerability in a level to create greater needs of greater means of connection and to actually help our audience know that it's okay to struggle in life, I think that level of vulnerability is, is important. So check in, first of all, are you sharing behind the curtain? Are you sharing levels of vulnerability? And if you are, why are you sharing it? Are you sharing it to get your needs met? Are, or are you sharing it to help better actually serve your community? After being vulnerable, the next thing I want you to be is be valuable. I think the greatest marketing that you can actually have is marketing that solves a problem. It kind of goes back to the first point when I talked about being generous. So when you're valuable, when your content that you're sharing is constantly solving people's problems, then you'll build massive amounts of trust. When I can see that you can actually get me a health result, let's just say that I'll go back to that knee problem I had beforehand. If I do a couple of your exercises, strength and stretch, hop on the foam roller, and even if it solves my problem 10 or 20%, then you've just become valuable to me. Now, the more valuable you are to your community, then you can bet the more your phone will actually ring. You should be constantly obsessing over how can I be more valuable to my community? And as I mentioned before, the more you do that, then trust will skyrocket as well. Thing number four to think about if we want to build trust is do what you say you're going to do. Now, for many of us, and myself included, I have to check in with this also because I'm a great starter. I have lots of ideas racing through my head. I wake up first thing in the morning thinking about uh, ways that I can add value to you, that I can solve your problems, that I can take things that might be complicated and make them more simple. And I love getting started on these projects, but sometimes I lose a bit of my energy towards the end there. I get two thirds of the way there and sometimes the last third I fall off a little bit. So I have to really work on making sure that I follow all the way through, that I do the things that I say that I'm going to do. If I tell you that I'm going to create a podcast that shows you how to make a one minute video uh, in the coming weeks. But if I don't do it, then I'm gonna lose a little bit of trust. Sometimes in the past, I've really struggled with this with my patients. Perhaps I've said to them, I'm gonna make a video for them, showing them some, some specific exercises, uh, but I get sidetracked and I forget about these things. And every time that we forget to follow through on what we say we're going to do, we lose a little bit of trust. So follow through is a really important pillar when it comes to building trust. Stay in your lane. This is thing number five I want to talk about. And I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I'm interested in this. As natural health practitioners, it seems as though that we have an opinion on everything from plantar fasciitis to 5G to vaccination to antibiotics to how kids should be homeschooled. Now, I get this. Most of us have a philosophy and when I think about a philosophy it's a lens through which we see the world and that lens helps us to have an opinion and often a really constructive opinion on many different things outside of whether it be chiropractic or Chinese med practice or acupuncture or naturopathy those kind of things that too but here's what happens when we're constantly commenting on everything across the board it takes away from the actual area where I'm an expert and we feel like in order for us to bring value to the world, I talked about the importance of being valuable beforehand, is that we have to be valuable in every area. 
I watched a great video, um, Blair, a chiropractor who I work with, gave a great video for me to review recently where he was talking in particular about some of the challenges that go along with homeschooling. He's got his kids at home at the moment. It's a great Kiwi chiropractor there too. And he shared uh, some, the advice that he gave was just stunning. You know, he talked about the impact that posture has on learning, the fact that within moments of his kids sitting there at the kitchen table, they're all crooked and bent and sitting on their legs. He then talked about the impact that, uh, again, posture had on the brain. The fact that the fridge is now kind of just over to the side there and that they're eating more sugary foods than they would be at school. They're not moving, sleep, all these kind of things there too. Now, but he spoke about all those things, but he was constantly relating it back to why this, uh, he as a chiropractor were referring to these kind of things. He didn't go into the principles of homeschool learning, all those kind of things. In fact, one of the things that he did do is he really acknowledged the great job that the teachers are actually doing. I think sometimes as natural health practitioners, when we go too wide and start talking about crazy fringe things off to the side there too, we end up repelling a lot of people. And so I would encourage you to stay in your lane, pick an area of expertise and authority that perhaps also reflects um, your training as well. Now I know a lot of things in around health, but I choose to, particularly as a chiropractor, keep my focus very narrow and very deep. I wanna build a level of authority and expertise in around spine and nervous system and structure. And I can relate that to how that might impact somebody's emotional health, how that might impact somebody's physical well-being, somebody's digestive system. But I don't wanna be an expert on mental health because I'm not, nor do I wanna be an expert on the digestive system because I'm not. So I stick to my lane. And I think if you wanna build trust, then I'm gonna encourage you to stick to your lane also. Be consistent. This is thing, I think we're up to thing number six now as well. I want you to imagine this, you're scrolling through your newsfeed, you come across a little video that's really valuable. Who knows what it's talking about? You went, man, this gal is really cool. So you do what many of us do. You kind of uh, click on their name and you want to go back and check out more of their stuff there. And you find out that they haven't posted on their Instagram feed since June last year. So maybe you tell yourself, oh, maybe they're not into the social media pipelines. Let me go and check over their website. You click on their website and even worse, that hasn't been updated since 2017. Uh, it's out of date. Not only that, it looks really lousy on your mobile device there. When we show up inconsistently, it's another factor that really robs us of trust. It has a huge impact. If we want to be seen as an authority, as an expert, um, as somebody that is a trusted guide in helping people on their journey to health, we need to be there consistently. So now when it comes to what is consistent, there's a lot of debate in around this because there are many people that are saying consistent now is us showing up once a day. I think this, if you can't be sharing some helpful content at least once a week, then you're really risking becoming irrelevant. Um, and I really mean that. I want you to stop and think about that for a moment. If you can't show up in this world like you are at the moment and share something helpful on your social media platforms that's then repurposed on your website once a week, you're risking becoming irrelevant and being ignored. Now, if you think about how much time you spend uh, whether it be reading email uh, on the social media platforms. A decade, maybe 15 years ago, we weren't doing that. And yet somehow we found time to squeeze that into our day. And you might be saying, listen, Angus, that's all good and well for you to be saying, I just need to be posting content once a week. I just don't have time. Okay, so if that's the truth that you wanna stick with, then understand there'll be another practitioner that will come into your community and they will make the time for this and they will get all the attention. Now, I don't mean to 
get all scary about that, but I want you to understand that someone will do that. You need to take the time, effort and energy to be constantly crafting valuable information. You need to be generous, all these things that I've talked about before, and you need to be consistent. And without consistency, there is absolutely no way that you can be building trust in your authority. Now, the final thing that I want to talk about here in this episode is authenticity. It's something that I've been really fascinated with authenticity because I think in the early days, particularly when we start to be sharing content on social media platforms, we have a bunch of mentors and or role models that we look for that we tend to kind of model the way that they communicate, the type of content that they put together. And this was certainly true for me and certainly true for Adio Media. And I, I was chatting to a, a, a friend of mine earlier on today about this idea that I think perhaps for the first um, maybe eight years I was in practice, whenever I saw somebody up on stage or a CD, I was listening to it with CDs in those days there, who had something charismatic to say, like they were automatically right. And I wanted to then go and implement that kind of stuff there too. And it wasn't until I was kind of eight years in practice that I could say, man, that's a really interesting point and delivered with passion and charisma, but that's not right for me. I started to learn what was authentically me, what met my needs and my values and what felt good in my skin. Now, maybe you guys are much faster learners uh, than me, but it took me that at least that eight years and it's continuing to um, evolve and unravel as I move forwards, as I learn more what's authentically me. What kind of language do I want to use? Sometimes I swear, but I don't feel like I need to swear all the time. It's, it's not my stick, but I also don't want to not swear because sometimes in life I, I swear. So what do I wear when I'm here? You know, I've got a hat on at the moment. And I Believe me, it took a lot longer for me to decide hat on or hat off before that. It was like, hang on, it, this is who I am. Sometimes I wear a hat and so it's okay for me to wear a hat. So authenticity, what I want you to understand from this and, and perhaps um, is it's okay for it takes time to find your voice. When we're communicating, communication is way more than just the words uh, that we're sharing. There are a whole bunch of non-verbal things that go along. And even if you're just listening to this now, tone and pacing. And when you're saying the words that your mentor, that your role models, that your coach says, but they're not authentically yours, we can tell. It's interesting. I think it was Blink, and I'm trying to think of the author of his name. He talks about inside, it might have been Daniel Pink and Blink. Anyway, if I've got that wrong, apologies there too. But he talks about our ability to be able to pick up a fraud almost instantaneously. And that happens. We've been to parties, we've communicated with people, and even though the person has been saying the right thing, we've been able to pick up, pick up that there's something inauthentic about them. Video, I think, accelerates that really quickly. So when it comes to finding your internal voice, there's a couple of things that I want you to think about. First of all, it's okay that it takes time. The second thing I want you to think about and, and, and really let you know here is that there's an audience for everybody. You know, we, there is somebody that needs to hear it from you. I've got here with me, for those of you who are watching the podcast, the book in my hand here is Everything is Figureoutable, Marie Folio. It's one of my favorite books that I've read forever, and it's definitely one of the best books I've read in the last 12 months. Um, I listened to the audiobook and then I immediately had to go and buy the book. Do you guys ever do that? Um, I kind of start with an audiobook to begin with because it's a good way for me to check out if I'm interested. I can kind of multitask with it, but some of the books are just so juicy that I know I'm going to need a pen to kind of highlight through this as, as well. Um, 
Chapter 10 in her book comes under the title of The World Needs Your Special Gift. And I want to read a quote to you here from Martha Graham. Let's go. There is a vitality, a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium. It'll be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, not how it compares with another expression. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly and to keep the channel open. Right now, there's somebody in your community who needs to hear from you. Not an Angus version of you, not a Tony Robbins version of you, not some other not a Marie Forleo version of you. They want to hear from you and you will deliver it in a way and in a time and in a manner that will stop that person in their tracks and it will change them. And when we block that, as Martha Graham was saying in that quote, that person in your community misses out. So part of that, we have to have a trust in being okay that not everybody is going to like us all of the time. In fact, we don't want everybody liking us all the time and we don't need everybody liking us all the time. Authenticity is all about being you and I want you to know that you are enough. And when we run authenticity through all those things that we talked about before, then trust is just a natural byproduct. So let's summarize those seven steps again and wind things up through here. If we're wanting to build more trust and your community is sadly lacking in trust. As we start to enter back into this world, they will be looking for somebody to lead them. Leadership requires trust. You'll need to be generous. Okay, it's important that you're generous. You'll need to be vulnerable. You'll need to be valuable. It's important that you follow through and you say, or you do what you say you're going to do. Stay in your lane. Pick an area of expertise and stick with that as well. Be consistent and finally, be authentic. Remember Martha Graham's words, there's somebody out there who needs you. Gang, as always, thanks for all that you continue to do. Keep saving lives. Your community needs you. See you back here real soon. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now, you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.